Hello and welcome to the Humanist at Work for part podcast on the ACLS Public Fellowship Program. My name is Kelly Brown and I'm the Assistant Director at the UC Humanities Research Institute. Today I'm talking with John Paul Christie, the Director of Public Programs at the American Council of Learned Societies. John Paul is also a former Presidential Management Fellow, another fellowship program that we hope to talk about in the future. John Paul, thanks for your time and welcome to the series of ACLS Homework Podcasts. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. So I have a few questions for you, but I wanted to dive in and see if you could tell us a little bit about how the Public Fellows Program began and how it's changed over the years of existence. Sure. Um, ACLS created the Public Fellows Program with the goal of demonstrating that the abilities that are developed in the course of doctoral education up to and including the the skills and capacities related to executing a dissertation research project have value within a diverse array of career fields outside of the academy. And so we think that the Public Fellows Program illustrates this uh, fact. And in so doing, we hope it's encouraging doctoral students and their advisors to take an interest in employment beyond the university. Um, one of the most notable changes in the program in its six years is how it has grown. Um, we started with an initial cohort of eight fellows and expanded to 13 fellows in the second year and then to 20 fellows in the third year. And we've stayed at that level in each of the following years or approximately that level. Um, but if you dig a little deeper to look at the rosters of organizations we've partnered with from uh, year to year, you'll see that we've also increased the diversity of partnerships and the types of careers that our fellows take on in their placements. Um, this year, for instance, we have a really interesting position with, with Smithsonian Enterprises at uh, the Smithsonian Institution um, in international market development that's going to involve exploring and helping to develop new uh, business opportunities uh, for the for the museums and for the Smithsonian in general. Um, we're also partnering with the city of Atlanta to uh, place a fellow in the city auditor's office. And if you read that position description, it looks like great preparation, sort of textbook preparation for a career as an organizational consultant. Um, we've also partnered with, uh, this is one of the more interesting ones I think this year, the Texas Tribune in Austin uh, to place a fellow who will engage with that organization's very much well-respected top-notch data journalism operations to, um, as they put it uh, at the Tribune, um, make numbers human. Um, and so this whole ever-expanding network of organizational partnerships is an important feature, I think, of the Public Fellows Program, especially at this stage in its life. Um, on the one hand, we're developing a network of organizations that ha now have a window into what humanities education entails. Um, but on the other, we hope that this diversity of organizations um, and roles helps us demonstrate to people outside the program that the humanities PhD has serious practical value. You know, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about how you work with partner organizations. Oftentimes, students wonder how you all select fellows. What is the relationship between ACLS and the partner organization when it comes time to evaluating uh, prospective fellows? That's a great question, and I, um, I, it's like most of our fellowship programs at ACLS. It's it's uh, a multi-stage process. Um, 
the first stage of selection applicants for each of the placements are evaluated by peer review committees that are made up of humanities PhDs who are working in a variety of senior positions outside of the academy and the government and nonprofits and even in for-profits. Um, the finalists that emerge from this process are reviewed and interviewed by staff at the respective host organizations. So um, uh, after being after emerging as a finalist, if you're selected um, in the first stage as a finalist, um, ACLS transmits those dossiers to the host organization. Um, and they uh, conduct their review, um, uh, probably uh, one to two to three interviews. It depends on their process. Um, and uh, they make recommendations of their top choices for the fellowship to us. Um, and ACLS then sort of certifies the fellowship and makes the award. Um, and this is a, uh, it's good to think about this uh, two-stage process as you're applying because you write one cover letter that has to path, pass through both levels of review. And so I always recommend that applicants keep the host organization in mind as their target audience when they're composing their cover letters and all of their materials. That's helpful to hear. I'm I'm also curious about, you know, as we're working with graduate students around the UC system, they're thinking about how they can best utilize their time in graduate student to better prepare, prepare for careers, you know, once they graduate. What kind of advice do you have for um, current graduate students in terms of how to better prepare, if there is a way to better prepare in graduate school, as well as those couple of years after graduation? Well, that's right. We do um, uh, have a three-year window for people to apply for the fellowship. So um, people who people can uh, should be preparing uh, during graduate school. And in fact, we've had people come straight out of graduate school to um, win this fellowship. Um, and and but you have time to build um, additional experience afterwards before you apply. Um, but we feel that in any case, um, a competitive applicant will have been successful in the academic arena and an extra academic experience. That means for, in terms of the application, it's important for candidates to build and demonstrate experience inside the academy and out. And so when you can find time as a graduate student, I think it's great to take on committee work, conference organizing, interdepartmental work and uh, uh, be an interdepartmental liaison or work in a, in a sort of topical institute. Um, editing jobs, outreach work for the university, I, I could go on. I mean, just thinking about um, the sort of uh, the work that happens in and around departments, um, humanities centers, um, and uh, university offices. Um, and if you have a sincere interest in a certain field and are looking for a way to spend an underfunded summer, perhaps, um, I, you know, a part-time job or a paid internship in a, a relevant field might be possible, um, but really even closer to home um, at your, on your campus, um, candidates might take on a summer project on campus that will develop new skills. Um, it's important that you look at all the resources that are available on your campus, all the major projects that are going on, um, uh, research and otherwise. Um, to um, uh, look at them as opportunities to develop new skills. Our peer reviewers um, work to narrow the applicant pool for each placement to a list of top finalists. Um, and they're looking for candidates that are able to demonstrate 
commitment to their chosen career field. And I think the best way an applicant can do so is to make sure that he or she demonstrates this sort of uh, entrepreneurial um, um, mindset inside and outside of the traditional ambit of research or teaching. Mm-hmm. And we've been having a lot of conversations here in California about helping graduate students con- think about the work that they do as of, as being as graduate students as work. Um, and so it's helpful to kind of hear you better articulate the kind of work that goes on in the academy and how that is actually work and that is translated as work to prospective employers. That's absolutely true. I think that this that work of translation is a habit that um, both graduate students and professors should be emphasizing um, in, in to to prepare uh, people for a, a multitude of career options. So, what kind of feedback have you received from past fellows about their experiences, both the the challenges as well as the rewarding um, opportunities? I mean, what we hear from our public fellows program alumni is really encouraging, um, in part because most of our fellows discover that that they have exactly the skills and capacities they need for success in their new career field. Um, but they often report, just like we were talking about translation earlier, that they haven't spent enough time considering how they might represent their experiences in graduate school and the practices that they understood as purely academic um, uh, and how they apply to other areas of work. Um, But more often than not, our fellows really hit the ground running at their host organizations. Um, So they quickly immerse themselves in the work um, and need to be reminded, I think, by us uh, at ACLS, especially in um, uh, their second year, that this is a career-building fellowship and that we expect them to step back periodically, even in the midst of very busy work schedules, to consider how their current tasks, how their current projects can help prepare them for their next steps post-fellowship. Um, we host a, f- a seminar for each new cohort to discuss and trade tips and strategies about professional development plans, mentoring network, and uh, the post-fellowship transition. And we bring in program alumni as facilitators, so it's it's a pretty energizing meeting. Um, so uh, we find that as this program uh, grows and as the group of alumni um, continue to grow, um, there's this a larger pool of resources, of experience that current fellows are able to draw on to help them uh, deal with challenges that they're facing and thinking about, um, you know, uh, navigating a new workplace, navigating bureaucracy, um, uh, or um, taking uh, on a a very challenging and perhaps new strange project. Um, It's very likely that um, one of our other um, alumni uh, has faced a similar issue. Great. Do you have any other general advice for prospective ACLS public fellows? Oh, sure. Um, I would say make the most of the brief space you have in your application materials to make your case. Um, I think it's important for anyone sitting down to write a cover letter for a job to think of how best to convey that the opportunity that you're applying to is the logical next step in your career path. Um, How has what you've been doing in graduate school before and after been leading you to this next challenge, um, this particular kind of work? Um, That's incredibly important, being able to to, uh, put together a narrative that conveys to a potential employer 
um, uh, to a potential host organization um, why this is the right um, uh, path for you. Um, also, it's, it, it's really important for anybody uh, applying to our program to do um, their research on the host organization that they want to apply to. We often have links to those organizations' websites in the application materials, um, but um, I've been very impressed with a number of candidates who have um, really dug into the publications of, org of organizations, have read annual reports, have, have gotten a sense for um, the way that that organization represents itself, and have been able to reflect an understanding of that in their application materials. That can very much impress um, the, um, the peer reviewers at the first stage, but also, importantly, the, the host organizations at the second stage. Thank you so much, John Paul, for your time and advice. We really appreciate it, and we're looking forward to continuing conversations around the UC system uh, about this really great fellowship opportunity. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I am really excited about the work that the um, UCHR is doing, and I look forward to hearing the rest of the podcast. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Humanists at Work is made possible with the support of the Modern Language Association's Connected Academics, preparing doctoral students of language and literature for a variety of careers initiative. For more information, please visit our website, humwork.uchri.org, and you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Humanists at Work. Links can be found in the description of this episode.